We've got a caller from Nebraska on the line. Tell me, caller, what's on your mind? How about a family story? But some people in Nebraska say this family is straight from hell. Whoa, well, they say the family that prays together stays together. Depends on what they're praying to and for. Like members of a family in Omaha who commit crimes and worship an ancient serpent god. You mean that Nico Jenkins guy from last week? Don't tell me there's more like him. Let's just say the Jenkinses aren't exactly a family you'd want over for dinner. Warning. What you're about to hear is true. This call will delve deep into actual crimes, including murder, violence, kidnapping, mutilation, and sexual assault. Not suitable for children or the squeamish. Some will find this podcast disturbing and offensive. Listening discretion is strongly advised. Today on Hook Switch Hotline. One of the worst killing sprees in the history of the state, and one of the weirdest serial killers in the history of the nation. Nico Jenkins. Part 2. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental illness, don't hesitate to act. There are resources available. SAMHSA is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, where their mission is to reduce impact of substance abuse and mental illness in America. The number is 1-800-662-4357. Open Path Collective is a psychotherapy collective of mental health professionals offering services at a low cost. Finding help is as easy as dialing 1-800-268-2833 or going online at openpathcollective.org. Don't wait until it's too late. Help is out there. Nico Jenkins, Part 2. The Omaha Spree Killer, arrested for several murders, which he claims were committed in the name of the ancient serpent god Apophis, was now in custody. While he was being mentally evaluated by Nebraska mental health professionals, details about his background and family proved to be shocking. Nico Jenkins is a member of a fascinating family, and Nico is certainly not the only criminal in this family. Nico Jenkins' great-great-grandfather was Levi Levering. The Levering family members were once known for their good reputation in Omaha, Nebraska. But since 1978, 39 descendants of Levi Levering have been in the news for quite a number of felonies. These 39 descendants have been convicted of a total of 633 crimes in Omaha, Nebraska. 112 drug charges, 86 theft charges, 35 assault charges, and 160 convictions for driving without a license. Nico was arrested and charged with the four Omaha homicides of Andrea Kruger, Curtis Bradford, Jorge Caiga Ruiz, and Juan Uribe Pena. But other members of his infamous family were also involved and later charged for their part in these killings. Among them, two of his sisters, his mother, a cousin, and an uncle. Here are the members of the Nico Jenkins family that are connected to Nico's Nebraska killing spree. Lori Jenkins is a matriarch of the Jenkins family. She raised her children while she and her partner, David McGee, were convicted of felonies. The children grew up watching them fight. Lori Jenkins was sentenced to a 10-year federal sentence for providing ammunition for her son. She won't be released until 2028. Even though she has tried to plead innocent of all her children's crimes, the authorities do not believe her. The judge of Douglas County District, Peter Battalion, first sentenced her to five to six years for counts of being an accessory in her child's crime. In 
2017, the same judge announced whether Nico would receive life in prison for his killing spree or the death penalty. David A. McGee Sr. is the father of Lori Jenkins' six children. Until his death, they were never married. Before he died in 2009, he was a felon convicted of terroristic threats. Erica Jenkins is Nico Jenkins' sister. She was convicted of murder in January 2015, accused by authorities of helping her brother, Nico, kill a man in Omaha in 2013. Nico Jenkins pleaded no contest to murder in that case and three others. Erica was sentenced to 20 years for robbery in connection with Nico Jenkins' crimes. Court records say 31-year-old Erica Jenkins was sentenced in July of 2021 in York for her recent conviction of assault of a confined person. Prosecutors say Jenkins punched and used a padlock in a sock to beat Christine Bordeaux in the York women's prison cell they shared briefly in September 2016. Bordeaux suffered a concussion, a broken arm, and broken nose. Bordeaux is a cousin to the Jenkins who testified against the Jenkins siblings in the Bradford case. In 2021, she appeared in court in York County before Judge James Sector to have her name legally changed to Illuminati Egadis Iniko Prestige. During that morning's proceedings, Judge Stecker asked if anyone was present to speak in the interest to the matter other than the Jenkins who appeared via web conferencing from the prison. No one did. When asked why she wanted to change her name to this particular name, Jenkins said it was to exercise her First Amendment rights and her religion. Judge Stecker said the court finds it has jurisdiction. She was a resident of York County when she filed the petition. She has been a resident of the state of Nebraska for more than a year and the matter was legally published prior to the hearing. Judge Stecker formally declared her name now to be Illuminati Egadis Iniko Prestige. And then there's Warren Levering. Warren Levering is the uncle of Nico Jenkins. On August 21st, 2013, Warren Levering, Nico Jenkins, and Nico's sister Erica and their cousin Christine Bordeaux went to West Omaha because Nico wanted to steal a car. Jenkins murdered Andrea Kruger at 168th and 4th Street. He and Warren then stole her SUV. Levering was caught on surveillance, setting her SUV on fire in an alley near 43rd and Hamilton Street. He was convicted and imprisoned as an accomplice in the Nico Jenkins case. Levering pleaded no contest to attempted robbery and also accessory charges in the death of Andrea Kruger. Even though Warren Levering didn't kill Andrea Kruger, he had to face a first-degree murder charge under the state's felony murder rule. He was sentenced to 40 years in prison, but it was cut in half by state law. The prosecutors also charged him as an accessory in the murder of Andrea Kruger. He was released in 2020 after he completed his time in prison. Warren Levering is said to have fathered seven children with six different women in five different states. Lori Lolo Sales. Lori Lolo Sales is Erica's younger sister. She's also charged in connection with Bradford's murder. She was accused of getting rid of the murder weapon. She was also implicated in Erica's murder case. Melanie Jenkins. Melanie Jenkins is also Nico Jenkins' sister who's been convicted and jailed on terroristic threats. Jimmy Levering, one of Omaha's most feared gang members. Omaha police believe Levering killed a man named Kenny Miller in November of 2007. The cousin of Kenny Miller, a man named Matthew Voss, stabbed Jimmy Levering as revenge while they were in prison together in 2009. However, first-degree murder charges against Levering for killing Kenny were dropped in February of 2008 after witnesses refused to testify. In revenge for the stabbing, 
Levering's associate Tillman Henderson shot and killed Voss at an after-hours party in downtown Omaha, February 18th. 2012. Henderson was sentenced to life plus 110 years. May 29, 2011, at about 2 a.m., 21-year-old Jimmy Levering was shot and killed in the parking lot of Club Seville at 30th and Pratt. With Nico Jenkins now arrested, the state of Nebraska administered an IQ test to determine whether he was fit to stand trial. Jenkins scored a 68. For reference, with IQ tests, 80 to 89 is considered low average. 70 to 79 is considered borderline mental disability, and 55 to 69, where Nico Jenkins scored, is mild mental disability. Despite this alarmingly low IQ score, Nico was declared competent to stand trial, and the proceedings against him commenced. On his request, Jenkins was allowed to represent himself at trial under the guidance of advisory attorneys. Throughout the trial, Jenkins maintained that he acted under the command of Apophis. His courtroom antics included speaking in tongues, howling, and laughing as prosecutors recounted the details of his victims' deaths. On April 16, 2014, Judge Peter Battalion found Nico Jenkins guilty of all four murders. Nico Jenkins was originally scheduled to be sentenced on August 11, 2014. The date was delayed indefinitely following a hearing held to determine whether he was capable of understanding the death penalty proceedings against him. On July 29th, Judge Battalion ordered Jenkins to be housed at the Lincoln Regional Psychiatric Hospital until doctors were satisfied with his condition. Officials at the regional center refused to house Jenkins due to inadequate security, so doctors agreed to treat him at a Lincoln prison. At sentencing, Terry Roberts, the mother of murder victim Andrea Kruger, gazed quietly ahead, sitting stoically between her husband and son. Valida Glasgow, the mother of murder victim Curtis Bradford, swayed silently in her chair, as if listening to a church choir. The two mothers, bonded by the brutality inflicted on their children, sat one in front of the other in the back two rows of the Douglas County courtroom. They listened and waited for the words that would provide justice, however late, however unfulfilling, and would end four years of a court case dominated by the antics of the defendant, Nico Jenkins. Then Judge Peter Battalion announced the not-so-foregone conclusion of the three-judge panel deciding whether Nico Jenkins would receive the death penalty. Quote, The defendant's commission of these murders over a 10-day period is one of the worst killing sprees in the history of this state, Battalion said, reading from the order signed by himself, Judge Mark Johnson, and Terry Harder. This panel finds that the aggravating circumstances as determined to exist justify the imposition of a sentence of death for each murder, end quote. Battalion then rattled off the sentences in order. For the August 11, 2013 execution-style shooting of Juan Uribe Pena at Spring Lake Park in South Omaha, death. For the August 11, 2013 execution-style shooting of Jorge Caiga Ruiz, also at Spring Lake Park, death. For the August 19, 2013 execution-style shooting of Curtis Bradford near 18th and Clark Streets, death. For the August 21, 2013 execution-style shooting of Andrea Kruger near 168th and Fort Streets, death. When he initially appeared in court nearly four years ago, Jenkins was subdued and seemingly sorrowful. He told court officials that he wanted to apologize to Kruger's family and husband, and repeatedly turned around, squinting as he strained to find any family member in the gallery. Eventually, whatever contrition he'd had washed away. Over the past four years, legal observers referred to the anything but routine hearings as the Nico Show. Jenkins, then 30, acted as his own attorney. 
and acted as if a serpent god was talking through him. He received delays as he repeatedly sliced his face, his penis, once by using the pen attached to a prison guard's badge. He carved Satan and tried to etch 666 into his forehead. He once talked during a courtroom break about Andrea Kruger's wounds, a diatribe so disgusting that deputies removed Jenkins from the courtroom. Then came sentencing. Jenkins sat sullen and stone-faced, lips pursed, defiant. He didn't speak until his attorney, Douglas County Public Defender Tom Riley, motioned for him to sign a court document to appoint an attorney. Quote, I ain't signing anything, Jenkins said. They ain't handling my appeal, end quote. It was a moot point anyway, Riley noted to the judges. An appeal is automatic in this case. Jenkins can decide later who represents him. During a courtroom break, he once talked about Andrea Kruger's wounds, a diatribe so disgusting that deputies removed Jenkins from the courtroom. And that was it. Jenkins shuffled out in his prison-issued khakis and leg irons. He became the 11th member of Nebraska's death row virtually the only place in prison that he hadn't been. Noticeably absent from Tuesday's sentencing, Andrea Kruger's widower, Michael Ryan Kruger. The evening of the sentencing, Kruger said that he'd decided to stop going to these hearings a few years ago, about the time Jenkins started representing himself. Quote, I knew right then, I'm not coming back to watch this stuff, Kruger said. I just didn't want to be a witness to any of that craziness, a kind of circus. Everybody moves on in their own way. But my thinking was, he's already got enough of my family's time. He's not getting another 10 minutes, end quote. Kruger added that he'd spent a few minutes following the Twitter feed on the topic. Soon, a reporter tweeted out the punishment, death. Kruger said he actually started to sweat a little. Perhaps it's because he's torn about the outcome. Because while Jenkins deserves the maximum punishment, Kruger said, he worries about the impact the continuing appeals will have on Andrea's three children. The couple's three children already have spent nearly four years without their mom. Son Jaden was now 16, daughter Ava was seven, and daughter Hartley, who was in diapers when her mom died, was now five. Now Kruger wondered, will their mother's name and photo pop up next to Jenkins' mug every time he appeals? Quote, I don't think I can prepare them for that. How do you? And when do you prepare them for 10, 15, 20 years down the road? There's no quick and easy ending to this. At the same time, I know this. They have a lot of people who love them and support them. I think they're strong enough. I think they'll be fine, end quote. In similar ways, all the victims' families are searching for peace, said Douglas County Attorney Don Klein. Relatives of Cahiga Ruiz and Uribe Pena met with prosecutors during the sentencing phase, but quickly indicated that they didn't want to watch every twist and turn. They also weren't present during sentencing. On the other hand, Bradford's mother and Kruger's mother and father, Kent, have attended most of Jenkins' hearings. Glasgow said she and Terry Roberts developed a bond, even though they hail from opposite ends of the metro area. Roberts is from the Valley, Glasgow from East Omaha. Glasgow called Kruger's relatives beautiful, caring people, and said she hopes to stay in touch with the family. Quote, I think we bonded as mothers. It's a hell of a thing that we had to meet like this. Authorities have noted how the case cut across a cross-section of Omaha culturally and geographically. From Uribe Pena's and Cahiga Ruiz's deaths in South Omaha, to Curtis Bradford's death in North Omaha, to Andrea Kruger's death in West Omaha. Their only connection, they, by chance, intersected with Jenkins in the less than four weeks he was out of prison. 
the only month of freedom Nico Jenkins has in his adult life. The only month of freedom Nico Jenkins had in his adult life. In that short time, Jenkins lured Oribe Pena, 26, and Cahiga Ruiz, 29, to the park on the pretense that the two men would party with Jenkins' sister and cousin. He used a 12-gauge shotgun to blast holes in both men's heads. In that time, Jenkins also trapped Curtis Bradford by suggesting that Bradford Jenkins and Jenkins' sister Erica commit a robbery. The brother-sister duo shot Bradford in the back of the head. In that time, Jenkins also planned to carjack someone in West Omaha so that they could commit further robberies. He and family members pulled a car in front of Andrea Kruger to block her path at 168th and Fort Streets. Jenkins pulled her out of the SUV and shot her four times in the head. Quote, You look at the brutality of each murder, Klein said. The innocence of the victims, the lack of any history or beef with Nico Jenkins. There's nothing in any of the evidence that indicates these people had any inkling of what was to happen to them. There was nothing that pointed to a reason to do this, other than the evil of Nico Jenkins. End quote. A life sentence would have undermined the vet... <clears throat> a life sentence would have undermined the validity of the state's death penalty, Klein said. Quote, If this person didn't get the death penalty for killing four people over ten days, who would, he asked. In sentencing Jenkins to death, the three-judge panel rejected the defense's argument that Jenkins suffered from a mental illness so extreme that it clouded his judgment. The judges sided with the state psychiatrists, who were convinced that Jenkins was feigning mental illness. Jenkins' primary personality defect, according to the judges? Narcissism, not some psychotic disorder that commanded him to kill. Quote, Each one of these murders was a deliberate and planned act, Judge Battalion noted. The victims were pre-selected and the murders were purposeful, end quote. For his part, Michael Ryan Kruger said he hasn't found any purpose in his wife's death. The couple's two daughters have now lived longer without their mom than they did with her. So, Kruger said, he tries to keep Andrea's memory alive by highlighting their personality quirks the ones that mimic their mom. The kids are resilient, he said. The girls are into gymnastics and soccer. Son Jaden, who will be a senior at Northwest High School next year at this time, plans to join the Marines and route to a career in law enforcement, a career that Kruger believes is in part inspired by what happened to his mother. Kruger said he continues to try to power on. Quote, sometimes, like on days like today, you hear people say things happen for a reason. I don't know how much I believe that. It's more a message of, we only have a little bit of time. The world is not long for many of us. You have to make an impact while you can, end quote. Now let's look more closely at the shocking details of Nico's mental illness history. Psychological evaluations suggest that Nico's mental problems stem all the way back to a loaded gun incident in 87, when he claimed that the voice of Apophis told him to carry the gun with him to school. Nico Jenkins slashed his throat while in custody, apparently with a razor blade. He bled so much in that cutting that prison guards believed he might die. The ordeal prompted several questions, not the least of which is how an inmate like Nico Jenkins keeps getting access to items to self-mutilate behind bars. And this question, is Nico Jenkins too mentally ill to be put to death? His lawyer, Tom Riley, argues that he is. The Douglas County Public Defender filed a motion with the Nebraska Supreme Court essentially asking the state's high court to declare Jenkins mentally incompetent to be executed. Such a declaration would remove Jenkins from the waiting list for lethal injection, at least until Jenkins' mental competency could be restored through medication. In his court filing, Riley cited an evaluation that occurred after a cutting in April. Three prison psychologists concluded that Jenkins was suffering from a psychotic disorder and authorized the use of restraints and syringes to forcibly medicate him. The Nebraska Supreme Court rejected Riley's motion without comment. Riley said he thinks the court did so because Jenkins' appeal of his conviction is still pending, and thus his death sentence hasn't been affirmed yet. Nonetheless, Riley said he will renew his efforts to declare Jenkins incompetent 
if the court doesn't overturn Jenkins' conviction. Such an issue could follow Jenkins' case for years as the state tries to execute him. Quote, I had a duty to bring this to the attention of the court, Riley said, and I will bring it again. End quote. The forced medication order is just the latest twist in a question that has long dogged Jenkins. Is he truly severely mentally ill, schizophrenic, bipolar, and psychotic, as he claims, or has he been faking it? More than a dozen psychologists and psychiatrists have evaluated Jenkins in his troubled life. The results are mixed. Some have declared him psychotic, believing his claims that he hears voices, including the voice of a serpent god. Others have pointed out that Jenkins claims to hear these command voices at opportune times. For example, as he was admitting his guilt in the four murders, a judge asked Jenkins to give a play-by-play -play of how he killed Jorge Caiga Ruiz and Juan Uribe Pena. After starting to describe the crime, Jenkins stopped at the point that he had to admit that he pointed a shotgun mere feet from their temples and blew their heads open. He began speaking in gibberish, then in English, then back to gibberish again. Quote, there's no question he has some sort of mental health issues, said Douglas County Attorney Don Klein, who prosecuted Jenkins. But those voices always seem to pop up conveniently when he's in a situation that needs them, end quote. Certainly, he's one of the most manipulative individuals I've ever encountered, end quote. After his sentencing, Jenkins arrived to prison and told a mental health professional of his plans. According to the therapist's report, quote, Jenkins stated that he will attack someone and have new charges, and during that trial... He will plead not guilty by reason of insanity and obtain a video from the camera in his cell as evidence of his mental illness. He then will be transferred to the Lincoln Regional Center, end quote. Jenkins has yet to make good on those plans, but his self-mutilating and outrageous behavior have been on full display. According to a report of a prison hearing over Jenkins' recent behavior, Jenkins has been frustrated with the restrictions on his access to the prison canteen and said he believes the staff is, quote, trying to poison him with black mold or by pumping gas into his cell, end quote, says psychologist Brandon Hollister at a hearing. Jenkins has continued to ingest his bodily fluids, has thrown bodily fluids on staff, and has been seen licking substances off the floor. The man with the backward 666 on his forehead also continued to carve into his skin. He carved Adolf Hitler into his arm and proclaimed himself a, quote, elite Nazi king, end quote. Jenkins has cut himself severely multiple times, including one cutting near his juggler where several staff thought that he would die. Hollister testified that Jenkins is suicidal and reports, quote, hallucinations from demons that command him to harm himself and sacrifice others, end quote. A psychiatrist, Dr. Leandro Annett, testified that Jenkins is gravely disabled by his desire to harm himself. At one hearing, Jenkins said he cut his neck because he wanted to die. As he often does, he proclaimed that he suffers from severe mental illness, saying that there is a preponderance of evidence. We assume he meant preponderance. One important note about the report, Mr. Jenkins reports that his hallucinations come from dead people, from goddesses, demons, and Adolf Hitler. One important note about that particular report, Klein pointed out that Jenkins himself sent it to a reporter. It's as if he wants to prove to the world that he's mentally ill, something most mentally ill people do not do, Klein said. Quote, the biggest concern I have is whether it's genuinely a mental health issue or just someone playing the system, end quote. Defense attorney Riley balked at the notion that Jenkins is malingering, the psychiatric term for lying. He also pointed to Jenkins ingesting his bodily fluids, mutilating himself, and nearly killing himself. Quote, 
But yeah, he's faking all of this, Riley said sarcastically. The antipsychotic medication has helped recently, Riley said. Jenkins' train of thought and speech patterns are better, Riley continued. Marshall Lux, the state ombudsman whose office monitors prison matters, said he hopes the medication will help Jenkins return to his cell on death row, which Lux says is probably the best environment for Nico Jenkins. Jenkins was on death row for a few months before getting moved to a segregated unit after a dispute with his fellow death row members, defense attorney Riley said. Officials did not detail the dispute other than to call it a somewhat typical clash between prisoners. State Corrections Director Scott Frakes has said prison officials are baffled as to how Nico Jenkins, who is housed in isolation, is continuing to get a hold of items to harm himself. Jenkins has been creative using a radio antenna, a broken tile, to cut himself. Lux said he doesn't know either, although he said razor blades are prevalent throughout the prison because inmates use them to shave, according to the Associated Press. In 2014, Nico Jenkins cut his face and lips with a razor while in custody. According to court sources, the razor was apparently smuggled into the facility. Jenkins wiped his blood all over his cell and required severe medical attention. Court officials said that the self-mutilation happened while Jenkins was in custody at the Lincoln Correctional Center. The Nebraska Department of Corrections lists that facility as a medium maximum security facility opened in 1979. In June 2014, Judge Peter Battalion ordered Jenkins to undergo another mental evaluation and potential treatment at the Lincoln Regional Center. It would be his first time in that facility. Security issues kept Jenkins from seeing doctors there before his trial. His first competency evaluations occurred at the Douglas County Jail. In an exhibit filed in court, defense attorneys offered an opinion from Dr. Bruce Gutnick. Gutnick thinks Jenkins' mental state has deteriorated deteriorated rapidly and that he is no longer competent for the sentencing phase of his court proceedings. In September 2016, Nebraska Senator Ernie Chambers is seeking a federal investigation into how a prisoner with a history of self-mutilation and violent crimes keeps getting access to razor blades. Chambers said he believes prison employees have been giving the blades to Nico Jenkins. Despite around-the-clock surveillance and solitary confinement, Jenkins has repeatedly mutilated various parts of his body. Chambers says Jenkins slashed his throat in early August, requiring 42 stitches. Corrections Director Scott Frakes says it's unclear how Jenkins is getting these blades, but he notes that Jenkins has access to a shower and recreation yard where he can interact with other inmates. Frakes says Jenkins alleged that an employee gave him that razor but that employee no longer works for the department. In February 2016, the family of Nico Jenkins wanted answers as to how he was able to swallow a full set of keys over one weekend while in prison. Sophia Jenkins, Nico's older sister, told a reporter that she went to visit him at the NDS prison in Lincoln, but wasn't allowed to see him because he had swallowed a set of at least seven handcuff keys. He reportedly was strapped to a bed when he obtained the object before ingesting them. The Nebraska Department of Corrections says that Jenkins, a Douglas County safekeeper, this is one of a handful of bizarre instances where a convicted killer has mutilated or harmed himself while in this prison. As of 2022, Jenkins has cut his face, tongue, genitals several times with razors and other items. Quote, it really did. It was disturbing. It was heartbreaking. It was unbelievable. I couldn't even imagine like really he swallowed some keys, let alone seven keys. I don't even know how that happened, Sophia explained. He's mentally deteriorating, my brother, and I feel that the mental health professionals are lacking with showing no compassion for their patients. End quote. He is currently 
confined 23 hours a day and is under constant surveillance, though his competency is still in question. He was ordered to go to the Lincoln Regional Center, the state's only mental hospital, in August 2014, but they refused to take him because of those safety concerns. Lincoln Regional Center doctors have also concluded on multiple occasions that Jenkins is faking mental illness, while his defense team doctors says he suffers from schizoaffective bipolar disorder. LB-424 was a special investigation initiated by the Nebraska Judiciary Committee to look into the handling of Jenkins before he was released from prison in August 2013, before the murders. Recall that it was shortly after he was released that Jenkins murdered Jorge Ruiz, Juan Pena, Curtis Bradford, and Andrea Kruger. State Senator Ernie Chambers says Nebraska Department of Corrections and Director Scott Frakes should resign because nothing has been improved and he's overwhelmed with the job. As of January 20, 2022, Frakes is still on the job. Quote, but an individual who has been found to have mental problems of various kinds continues to engage in self-mutilations in several instances, and it's done with equipment or with material which belongs to a staff member out there or a guard. It looks to me like this is a scheme which is designed to result in that kind of activity. When it happens this many times, it establishes a pattern, and any competent director of a department would never let it happen. But the fact that it continues to happen, Jenkins is in a very narrow cell, restricted, supposedly always under surveillance, and these things continue to happen, end quote. Senator Chambers said. Jenkins sued the state of Nebraska, saying that he never should have been released from prison without any mental health assistance. He said that the prison officials repeatedly ignored his claims as a juvenile that the god Apophis was giving him orders. He said that he had diagnosed schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and obsessive-compulsive disorder. He said that he'd been professionally diagnosed with these all before the age of 10 years old. He claimed that the solitary confinement had made his schizophrenia worse. Quote, the Nebraska Department of Corrections is so responsible, end quote. Nico Jenkins told detectives. This is equivalent to me being a pit bull that they pull off of that chain. And whoever it hurt, you're responsible for it because you knew the danger of the animal, knew the danger that you created in that cell. End quote. The mental health professionals in Nebraska were split with their diagnoses of how Nico Jenkins. The mental health professionals in Nebraska were split with their diagnoses of Nico Jenkins. In 2009, a prison psychiatrist said that Nico suffered from bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and psychosis. However, other psychiatrists experts have disagreed and put it all down to faking. Nico's wife Shalanda says, quote, he's not pretending to be crazy. He's real life crazy. Nico specifically told me that Apophis gives him orders. It was this choice that came and it was just like, if you do this, if you do what I tell you to do, if you follow my demands, then I'll make sure you're safe and make sure you're okay, end quote. Shalanda also said that her husband had asked for mental help while in prison, which he supposedly never received. Quote, I told them not to let him out, she said. He's not ready to come out into society. End quote. This is common with these types of high-profile cases, where some professionals have diagnosed him as an adult with schizophrenia and other disorders. Other professionals have included that he just has antisocial personality disorder, and a few claimed he exhibited enough symptoms to be diagnosed with both disorders, in addition to post-traumatic stress disorder. No one agrees. Some professionals believe that Jenkins was faking psychosis, while others believe his psychosis was very real. That IQ test where he scored 69, the standard of deviation for an IQ test is plus or minus 15 points, which means that Nico Jenkins scored two standard deviations below the mean. Interpreted another way, this score means that Nico Jenkins was less intelligent than 98% of the adult population. 
But then from prison, Jenkins said that he was trying to game the system by faking symptoms, pretending to be mentally ill, with the goal being to embarrass the court. The court commonly views these types of statements as leaning toward antisocial personality disorder and as leaning away from some type of psychotic disorder. But according to a psychiatrist speaking on the topic of Nico Jenkins, someone can have either disorder for real while they claim to be faking it. They can say they're simply pretending to be mentally ill, but just making the statement, I'm pretending to be crazy, doesn't point to one disorder or the other. People who are psychotic say all kinds of things that are not accurate, according to a psychiatrist speaking on this topic. It is alarming that in such a high-profile case, where massive amounts of public money have been spent to diagnose this man, that still no consensus on the diagnosis exists for Nico Jenkins as to whether or not he even is psychotic. Faking psychosis versus being psychotic is a massive difference. It's not a small detail. And it's interesting, some of the psychotic diagnoses like schizophrenia occurred prior to his release from prison, before the murders were ever committed. The state said Nico Jenkins was psychotic, but then he commits four murders, and the state backs up and deems him to suffer from the lesser antisocial personality disorder. This might be seen as a convenient legal maneuver when the system is attempting to convict a person of murder and sentence them to death. Where it's important to believe that the accused knew fully well what they were doing and what the outcome of their actions were going to be. Another clue to the truth of the matter is that after being sentenced to death, Nico Jenkins's behavior, monitored behind bars, has remained consistent. He said he did not kill the four individuals to make nuclear weapons, among other things. Nico Jenkins has since said that he will be going to Cuba to make nuclear weapons and that he first needs to be killed so that he can be resurrected. Statements like this. He attempted suicide on at least two instances behind bars and as we know severely mutilated his face, tongue, body, genitals with razor blade and other sharp objects. A mental health professional who does not wish to be named here found it difficult to believe that Nico Jenkins suffers from antisocial personality disorder, but does not suffer from psychosis when so much of his statements and actions squarely meet the diagnosis standards for psychosis. Throughout the trial, Jenkins maintained that he acts under the command of Apophis. His courtroom antics included speaking in tongues, howling, and laughing as prosecutors recounted the details of his victims' deaths. On April 16, 2014, Judge Peter Battalion found Nico Jenkins guilty of all four murders. Jenkins was initially scheduled to be sentenced on August 11, 2014. On his request, Jenkins was allowed to represent himself at trial, under the guidance of advisory attorneys. The date was delayed indefinitely following a hearing held to determine whether he was capable of understanding the death penalty proceedings against him. On July 29th, Judge Battalion ordered Jenkins to be housed at the Lincoln Regional Center Psychiatric Hospital until doctors were satisfied with his condition. Officials at the regional center refused to house Jenkins due to inadequate security, but doctors agreed to treat him at the Lincoln prison. In May 2017, Jenkins was sentenced to death by a three-judge panel. He was also sentenced to 450 years in prison on weapons charges connected with the murders. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Hookswitch Hotline. Please subscribe and come back next week, where we'll delve deep into more graphic true crimes. With every crime, someone somewhere has more information. That someone could be you. Call Hookswitch Hotline with your comment or contribution on an upcoming episode at 415-448-7263.